Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. I am Data, and with me this week is Joe and Dak. That's it, Joe and Dak. I gotta stop saying that's it. It seems uh, like very disappointing. But uh... <laughs> oh, anyway, let's be clear, it's very disappointing. <laughs> this, this week we read Elantris chapters fourteen and fifteen, wherein first is Serene's chapter, and she's uh she she has a sewing circle going on, or a what, what is it? It's, it's not sewing. It's needlepoint. Yeah, a whole needlepoint club thing happening, and then she goes to her first party. Since arriving at Aralon, and it's uh, it's a thing. And then we get Horathan's chapter, and he he basically has a big internal monologue, and then he meets up with Tellery, and then he meets with the Elantrian city guard. So some uh, suspicious activity going on from Horathan, but basically everything he does is suspicious activity at this point, since he's kind of our uh, our nemesis. So I guess hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. So yeah, the um, I feel like more happened, and once again, Serene had the long chapter, but I feel like at least more happened than the last time Serene had the long chapter. So what did you guys think of these two chapters? Yeah, uh, Serene's chapter was cool. I like, uh, you know, when she plays the idiot, so, and, and there was a lot of different scenes in the chapter, which I liked. You know, she starts in the little you know, knitting circle, or whatever you want to call it, and then she's like, oh, I'll teach you guys how to fence. And the, all the women seem pretty excited about that, so that, that was cool. And then uh, Ash, you know, she hangs out with Ash a little bit in her room, talking talking to him. And then she goes to this ball, and so there was a lot of uh, a lot of good uh, moments in the chapters for her uh, there. I also found it interesting that Ash like went into Elantris, and it's like, oh man, if only he could have come across Raiden, but uh, obviously that didn't happen. So. And then Hraithan's chapter, very. I like. I like that we're right. That we seem to be right about Hraithan. He seems like an actually an all right dude. He's just a zealot. Like he's not like, you know, he's not like kill, 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 murder, murder, death. He's he's actually a decent. Seems like a pretty decent guy on the inside. It's just you know he's got a he's he's very guided by by a higher power that he 100% is behind. So that may not be the best for for the people that that uh, we're rooting for but it, it it's uh he's a more interesting character than just some like random villain guy so it's pretty cool yeah yeah raven's got some depth to him some uh, some in, ins and outs it's nice and it does it, it what you were saying about ash like going into the city i was like yeah i guess it's kind of a big like it's not a giant city but i guess it's big enough that he's yeah. not just running into like rowden's crew yet so yeah, well, you know, Maud, this case got a lot of ins, a lot of outs, uh, <laughs> a lot of, a lot a lot of strings of for the old duder's head. Oh my gosh, I saw a baby book yesterday advertised that was like, "Are you a dude?" and it's like Big Lebowski characters, but like you know, in little baby drawing uh, style. And I was like, "What? Maybe I should get this for my child." That seems like one of those cool. This is a really cool thing. This is not really child appropriate, but hey. Well, I mean, it's like the Samuel Jackson go the fuck to sleep. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> on that same vein, I think. Yeah, true. I, I'm 
I'm going to commit heresy on this one. I prefer the Werner Herzog version of that book because that man's terrifying. <laughs> so these chapters are good. I I, I liked uh, Serena the Knitting Circle. I was like, oh, they're going to learn fencing. That's actually kind of cool and a bit of a deviation to where I thought this would go. It's not just all going to be like the, the gossip and nattering of the court. It's like, oh, they're actually going to be sword fighting, which means that, oh, they're, they're going to get some action scenes later in the book. I, I kind of want to see that. That's going to be great. The like the party scene was pretty was pretty cool, and then I, I like the conversation between Hraithan and and Telri. I think one thing that sort of well, this is probably going to be the pettiest thing I've I've, I've I've ever said, but when I'm I'm sort of starting to get a bit all right, we get that you know the chap the chapters are all happening concurrently or close to, but. Considering how set apart Rowden is, I feel like they're leaning very heavily on the the other characters are looking over right about when he's wandering around. Because like we've already had them. It's like, oh, they, they happened to be on the roof and they looked over and they saw Rowden. Oh, they were on the wall and they saw Rowden on the roof. Yeah. Uh, and now and now Hraithan's come down and just happened to be at the gate at the same time Rowden was going back in. I'm like, uh, okay, look, you know, there's coincidence and like getting your characters together, but I feel like you're pushing it a bit heavily at the moment i don't know interesting i hadn't really thought about that honestly it's such a small point in the chapter that like that's just what draws his attention is seeing the doors close that it hadn't even really occurred to me to be like oh yeah obviously that's when robin's going in i mean i knew that that was the case but it just it didn't stick out to me that much i guess so yeah that's an interesting point. it just it just jumped at me a bit and it's like all right we get it like they're happening at the same time they're gonna they're gonna cross paths a bit i just feel like maybe it was just because it was so soon after the last one Hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of just accepted that for what it is. It's like, okay, yeah. well, I know, I know that's what's happening, so I'm not really saying, or not really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Bothered I'm not really, it. yeah, I'm not really bothered by it. It's like, I know, like, these that's are happening fair. concurrently. And that's, like, for the reader to fully appreciate that, you have to do that kind of stuff. Because otherwise, it's like, we don't know exactly when this is, except we know that it was after the party sometime. Like, even though we read the raid in chapter last for last week, I had actually forgotten that the ball was supposed to be on the same night until Serene got back and they were like, yeah, somebody broke into the palace. Like I completely forgot like, oh yeah, they're supposed to be happening like at the same time. So that would have been going on today. So I, I actually kind of like that. It, it's given me a frame of reference for when all these events are, are happening. Yeah. Well, I guess like Serene getting back to the palace at and they realize, oh shit, like someone broke in. Like that didn't jar me as much because that's just like they came across the aftermath and logically it makes it makes sense. Like, oh, that's why they didn't encounter Iodon or really anyone else at the palace because like all the important people were at this ball. That makes sense. I think it was more just like Horathan happened to be in almost the exact spot as Rowden that mm-hmm. got me a bit more as opposed to just being yeah. where he was. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it's like, yeah. wow, what a coincidence! It's the yeah. same. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, well, again, this, is, this, do... this seems like a really petty thing for me to gripe about, so I don't want to harp on it too much. But it's just something that, that just sort of stuck out at me a bit while I was reading, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and they do make a point to say that he's been going to Elantris like seemingly every night, like just looking at it. So true, I mean, true. It's if you think about it that way, he's going there every night. It was bound to happen. That's uh, definitely true, yeah. Well, he was point. there, so. 
Well, and at the same time, I feel like if it was like major plot points relying on these coincidences, I would be a lot more like, okay, really? I mean, we're just going to rely on, oh, they happen to be in the same place at the same time to get like this major plot point across. But it doesn't come across me that way. It's just like, oh, and by the way, here's a thing that you noticed that points out to you kind of when this is happening. So maybe that's yeah, why that's, it doesn't bother that's me. That's also a good point. But no, I get what you're saying. It, it, this is like the second or third time that it's been like, oh, so just coincidentally in the same spot. Uh, I mean, honestly, in that same chapter, it's a, it's a huge coincidence that, that Serene comes up just as straight and is making his big speech on top of the wall. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's just more palatable when Serene and Wraith and cross paths with each other because they're in the same city and they're not like isolated from each other, whereas Rowden is very much harder. But I mean, they're the three main characters. They're going to have to cross over at some point. So. One would hope, yeah. We're not going to get to the end of the book and they never really act, do anything with each other. That'd be hilarious. It's like the last chapter, Rowden like, meets Serene. It's like, oh, so you're Serene. Good to meet you. Not even. It's like um, the last yeah. last chapter ends on Serene meeting Galadon. Galadon's like, hey, there's someone I think you should meet. And then that's it. That's the Oh, one. that could totally be. Yeah, okay, that's that's <laughs> new headcanon for how this book is going to end. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, oh, yeah, you were, I was supposed to marry you. Yeah, bummer that. Bummer that. How do, do we think that Rowden like really feels bad about missing out on that? I don't know. He hasn't mentioned it much. Uh, well, he's got, I mean, he, I think he's had bigger things to concern himself with. Mm. Yes. And I think that's kind of been his thing. It's like he, he's not giving a lot of himself away or how he feels. But yes, I, I agree with Dak. He's probably so mixed up in Elantris things now. It's like he probably hasn't had time to think about her that much. Yeah, that's fair. OK, I guess let's get into these chapters. We start out, as we said, with Serene in the Needlepoint group. And just like she's bad at painting, she's real bad at Needlepoint. And she's not happy about it. So art is just not her thing, is what we're learning here. Which, I get I, I get it, Serene. Art is not my thing either. I cannot draw for shit. So, but unlike her, I gave up a long time ago and accepted that I'm just, I'm not going <laughs> to suddenly get good at drawing. Yeah, I, that's that's one of the things that I'm very envious of, is anybody who's very good at drawing. Yeah, right. So she's trying to stitch this pattern, but she also drew the pattern, so it looks terrible. And also, when she's stitching, she can't follow lines, so that just makes it worse. And it's supposed to be a bird, but it looks like a squashed tomato, she says. And Queen Eshin is like, oh, very nice, dear. And Deora, who, that's Keen's wife, I believe, is like, don't worry. And she tries to give her encouragement. It's like, hey. Domi always regards diligence. Just continue to practice and you will improve. And she's sitting in Serene sitting here thinking like this is this woman is like so beautiful and nice and is exactly the kind of person that I would hate back home. But I can't hate her because she's also just amazing. Lips bright red, eyes mysterious. I don't know that we've gotten much of a description of Keen's wife before this. Like we met her, but uh, we it really gets into here like what she looks like and how she acts mm-hmm. and stuff. Also, like she's your aunt. You know, you should hate your aunt just because you you don't. I mean, I don't know. It's like she's uh, known for her remarkable beauty, which I guess uh, Serene's not uh, necessarily known for that. So she's kind of bitter. It's like I I, I really hate like the pretty girls at court, but also Dior is <laughs> the kindest, most intelligent person at the court. So I can't dislike her. And it moves over to Eshin, who uh, seems to be frightened of silence, which we already kind of knew about her. And so. This is the Queen's Embroidery Group, which Serene says that she kind of ignored at first. But then she realized that, like, the the gossip about the court that goes on here is just as valuable as, like, what she can learn from actually going to the main court with the king. 
For instance, we find out that Lord Warren, son of the Baron of Kai Plantation, has had quite a religious experience. Which that's Hraithan related, surely. It does kind of seem that. And it, it gets discussed later at the party, so we can touch on it more then. But yeah, it seems kind of that way. Yeah. And I like how the Queen starts out with this interesting piece of news and immediately transitions into, you know, sweaters are coming back next year. And so uh, I'm going to make Iodon wear one so the King has to look fashionable. <laughs> sweaters are back, girls. <laughs> Sweater vests. But Deora brings us back around to it. It's like, yeah, it seems so weird that after being a devout Korathi for so long, he would suddenly convert. And the other women are like, yeah, it's not like there's really any difference between the two churches unless you listen to the priests. <laughs> what do they know? They act like your soul depends on whether you call God Domi or Jadeth. And Serene tries to be like, well, actually, they're kind of pretty different churches. And the girl's like, yeah, if you're a priest, maybe. But that doesn't make any difference to us, right? And like Serene kind of drops. It's like, oh, of course. I mean, we are all only women, right? To try to kind of get a rise out of them. And then Ashen asks, what do women do to pass the time in Teod? And apparently Serene has been waiting for uh, the opportunity to kind of try to nudge these women into being more active. So she's starting out with like, well, you know, we do lots of stuff. But I mean, for instance, we go to the court and the king's court is open to everyone. And we actually take an interest in what's going on in her country. But uh, one of the other women jumps in, the overweight one, which has to be pointed out every time she's mentioned, apparently. Uh, so do you fight? Do you fight each other with swords? So apparently the rumors in Aralon are that to entertain the men, the women murder each other with swords in some sort of gladiatorial battles, which is funny because we were just talking about that <laughs> being part of her trial. Yeah. And it's, apparently it's they like, don't do that here. <laughs> yeah. I also like how the other women brush off. She's like, you know, we actually take an interest in the running of our country. And then they're like, wait, but you guys fight with swords. That's what I heard, right? <laughs> so. Yes, the, the women fight with swords the entertainment of the men under King Zap Brannigan. <laughs> yeah, that, would, that is what would happen. I find this to be a very seductive dueling technique. <laughs> <laughs> the uniforms for the gladiators, they're made of real velour. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, it's sad that I could absolutely see this being an episode of Futurama where he becomes king and yeah. makes women fight. But, the spirit but is like, willing, but the flesh is spongy and bruised. He says, like, whichever one wins, like, gets to sleep with him and they all keep trying to lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, ho, winner of the tournament is a delightful Leela. <laughs> yeah, because Leela can't back down from a challenge. So even though nope. she doesn't want to have sex with Zap Brannigan, she wins. <laughs> she has to win. And then, yeah, she has to win. Exactly. Well, oh. well, we meet again, Leela. You just can't get enough of this sweet, sweet candy. Candy. Bam. Bam. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, they're like, so, yeah, we, we heard that you guys kill each other for the sport of the men. And Serene's, it says Serene's eyebrow twitched. We call it fencing, <laughs> uh, Lady C.A. Siaden. And we do it for our own amusement, not that of the men. And we definitely do not kill each other. The swords have little knobs at the end, and we wear thick clothing, so no one really gets hurt. But they kind of skim over that. They're like, wait, so you really do use swords? Oh, my gosh. He's like, yeah. I mean, fencing was like my favorite sport. And says the women's eyes shone with an appalling level of bloodlust. And so she's she's thinking, like, she'd been hoping to, like, nudge them into being more politically interested. But she's going to take what she can get at this point. So she's like, I could teach you guys if you want. Apparently, Iodon isn't a big fan of fighting and swords. He feels that uh, it's beneath noblemen, so none of the noblemen in his court even carry weapons. He calls fighting peasants' work. 
he studied them rather a lot. He's a fine leader, you know, and a fine leader has to know a lot about a lot of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great leader is I done. Oh, my gosh. It really, really just adds to the whole, wow, um, how did Aralon not get conquered? Yeah, seriously. It really just boils down to, yeah, they had the mountains defense, and other than that, no one could really be bothered until now. I think that's yeah. it, exactly. Yeah, the mountain defense, and then people are like, don't want to mess with with like being so close to Elantris. So mm-hmm. it's just like, eh, do we really want to do that? Just let him let let him have his little kingdom. Well, and until recently, like Duladel was also like in between them and everybody else. Duladel's fallen within the last year or something, I think. So yeah, she says so. None of the men can fight, and they're well, you know, except for Lord Eondel and Lord Shooten. And apparently, the ladies uh, are big fans of Shooten. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Prince Rowden knew how to fight. I think we. I think that's the first time we're learning about this. It's like I think he had Eondel teach him just to spite his father. He was always doing things like that. And so Serene's like, well, I mean, you know, if Idon says that it's beneath him, then how can he complain about us doing it? We are only women, after all, right? And everyone sp- smiles mischievously. And then we cut to. Serene being like, hey, Ash, where did I put my sword? He's like, your sword? Never mind, I'll find it later. So Ash has been wandering around trying to find information. We found out uh, in that last chapter, she said she was going to send him to the dungeons, which he mentions here. He's like, yeah, I didn't find any princes locked away in any corners of the dungeon. Sorry. But also uh, people in K don't want to speak to Seans, really. They associate us with Elantris. And the Seans in Elantris are all crazy. So, And all the Elantrians that I talked to just... Tried to beg me for food, like I could possibly carry it to them. I got no hands. Also, so he's like, basically, the only people with decent information that would actually talk were the guards, the Elantrian guards, or the guards of Elantris, whatever they call, they're they called. And uh, Serene's like, oh, yeah, they're supposed to be the most leading fi- elite fighting group in Erlon. And he's like, yeah, and they will tell you that repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. We're the most elite people in Erlon, as far as fighting goes. Uh <laughs> You know, boasting, that's uh, that's a sure sign of uh, truth right there. Yeah, the it, best fighters in Aralon. You're the only fighters in Aralon. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard to be at the top when you're the only ones, baby. And who do you fight? People with the plague. Yeah. I sent wave of wave after wave of my own men at them. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's new headcanon. Zap Brannigan is in charge of the Elantrian city guard. <laughs> Dear <Yeah>. God. <laughs> uh, so... But Aish even is like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't seem to actually know much about battle. They're good at cards, though, and drinking, and they keep their uniforms well-pressed, so there's that. And uh, so, according to them, the people in Elantris, uh, the Elantrians, when they get taken by the Sheod, they basically turn into animals. They're not even human anymore. And he's like, and that seems to be the case for the Elantrian Seans I spoke to, so maybe that's true. It's like, and he says most of the ones Elantrians I ran into were just crying or mumbling in corners. So basically he saw the, the Hoed, or however it's said, laying in the streets, mumbling to themselves because the pain has gotten too much. And so Serene's like, huh, so I guess the, sh- the shout is really mental as well as physical. It just completely messes them up. And what, we, we get back to the thing. She's like, how, do, how, how are they fed? And she's like, they're not, as far as I can tell. She's like, but how could they possibly survive? I don't know. But my favorite bit is when Aish says, they are a group of miserable, cursed individuals that your god appears to have forgotten. And the rest of the country is trying very hard to follow. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a real, like, almost, I want to say almost like uh, criti- criticism. It's like, everybody's forgotten them. Your god, 
your people. Nobody cares. Well, I find it interesting because it it's the first indicator we have that whatever the Seans believe, it's not in the same god that uh, like it's not in Domi or whatever. Because right, he, he, no. he very clearly says your god. Well, they, they were created by Elantrians, so for all intents and purposes, the Elantrians are their creators, their gods. So. Oh, that's a good point. I guess yeah. that makes sense, yeah. So all his gods are gone. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's unfortunate. That's a bummer. Well, I guess technically his gods are the current Elantrians, but uh, oh, yeah. that ain't that ain't working so good. No, yeah, that's not uh, yeah, that's not no. what you want in a god. Yeah. Oh, mid mid show prediction. They this the Elantrians learn how to use their magic, and then they somehow turn the Seans into like sweet ass spirit weapons. Oh, like <laughs> just swords appear. Like a Seon turns into a like a magic mm-hmm. sword. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Hey, she's just like, this isn't even my final form. It becomes a gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's not even like, it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not even weapons from, from this age. It's like futuristic weapons, like a ray gun. I, I would be on board for that. And then we get to Serene's dress choice, uh, which she, uh, she picks something from the back of her closet, something she brought along with her and not one of the things Eshin gave her. And it is, uh, it's a gold dress, a shiny gold dress with a black cape and Aisha's like but it's, it's not black you're supposed to be in mourning so like, well the cape's black so you know he's like yeah I don't think that that makes it like <laughs> a, a widow's dress and she's yeah. close enough I'm sick and tired of this uh, these black dresses also the front is very low cut apparently <laughs> and she's like what I've seen women wearing that and he's like yeah but they're single women all the single ladies and uh yeah Put some put women don't walk around in their underpants. Wait, no, that's the other series. <laughs> oh, Vin, it's not appropriate garb for a young lady. But yeah, so she's like, I'm done with these black dresses. She ends the the, the section by being like, find someone to take all these away. I'm not wearing them anymore. And she also wants Ace to be on the lookout for information about Keen because she's still wondering about this whole like thing where he said he was disinherited. And she's like, maybe there's people, there's rumors here in Erlon that we can find out about. I mean, he's an important dude, so people may be talking about him. So we get to Duke Tellery's mansion. He's holding the party tonight. And Serene is going with Shudin. And it's, uh, they notice these, like, rocks that are burning with light when they get there, lining the path. Apparently very expensive. Special rocks imported from the south. And, uh. Shuden's like, this is extravagant, even for this guy known for extravagance. But unlike what uh, what she was hearing from other people, like Lukal, I guess, earlier, Shuden's like, look, he's clever, more clever than most people give him credit for. He's frivolous with money, but there's usually, like, something behind it. Like, he's doing it for a reason. The fact that I can't figure out what the reason he is here has me concerned, is basically the message that we get from Shuden. But also, he's very happy that Serene agreed to come with him. Because apparently the ladies are all about shooting, which we kind of found out in that earlier section. And he's like, oh, yeah, usually I have to beat them off with a stick. And the way he says it makes Uh, it sound literal. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, wine, wine. I'm so hot. I'm so desirable. (laughs) All the ladies want me. It's the worst. (laughs) And she's like, listening to you talk, you'd think you never intended to get married. And I love his response. He's like, no, I mean. I'm very interested in the concept of marriage, or at least the theory behind the concept. Uh, <laughs> but finding a woman in this court who's twittering foolishness doesn't cause my stomach to turn. That's another thing entirely, which given the ones that we've met so far, I kind of get his point. Yeah. Of course, the ones we've met so far were already also married to other people. So I don't know. 
And Deora's daughter, I assume, is not married. Mm, wait, does she have a daughter? That's not that Deora. Uh, oh, fat, yeah, yeah. The, the, the other daughter. I, yeah, the one that's from the knitting party. I remember who you're talking about now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe an Ahan's daughter or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Because I know his wife was there. Yeah, so maybe she's she. Oh, she she was the one at the thing who was like, when Shuden's mentioned, she's like, oh, you know that Shuden, so hot. But Serena's impressed by Shuden because he remembers everyone's name, and there's no one there that seemed to like dislike him, which is very impressive. And she thinks that his popularity comes from his refreshing honesty because he's foreign. He can get away with saying things that other people can't, and he's just always polite but always completely honest. And then we go into the special king. Part, the, the sub party, the king gets his own special room within every party where he gets to hang out and only important people can come and hang out at the king's party. We find out that Idon and Telri are in the same business. They both have merchant fleets that trade uh, in the Sea of Fjorden. So there are rivals in business. And Serene's like, why does the king come to these things? My father never goes to parties like this. And Shun's like, well, yeah, that's because your father's a grown up. Idon is still like impressed by his own power. And likes to, you know, drink in the people being like, oh my gosh, look, it's the king. He's so great. Let's fawn all over him. I like whoever throws the ball has to have a nice room set aside for the king's second party, a a, a second band just for the king's party. No one below a duke or a very well-placed count is even allowed in the room. And she's like, but you're a baron. That's below those. And he's like, yeah, I'm a special case. We basically forced our, uh, our way into being noble so I can get away with some stuff. But we also find out that our friend Hraithan is here, not only here at the party, but he's in the king's special sub party also, which Serene uh, does not like. And Shuden's like, oh, yeah, basically the day that he got to town, he just showed up to the the, the first party and uh, with such an air of self-importance that no one sense is neglected to invite him. And he just walked into the king's private party the, that first night and started talking to one of the dukes, barely even nodded to the king. So uh, he... And, and nobody said anything. Nobody kicked him out or anything. So he's just apparently he considers the title of Gjorn equal to anything in this room. And she's like, oh, yeah, kings bow to Gjorns in the east. They practically grovel when Viking Pope comes to visit. And then Shuden, whose family is from Jindo, we get that this religion started in Jindo or with an old Jindo man uh, named Keseg, who founded Shu Keseg. And he had his two students, Korath and Dareth who went to preach to other lands and started Shu Korath and Shu Dareth. So Shuden is a follower of Shu Keseg, the original, it seems like, because that's what they had in Jindo before the Fjordals took over. And apparently Keseg taught unity. People of Shu Keseg think that that is the unity of the mind. The, the priest of Shu Korath say that is the unity of love. And Shu Dareth says it is the unity of obedience. Hmm. And uh, these pillars, I don't know, very mystical sounding, possibly could be shard related, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Is this like a different shard for each one or maybe no. is the original one, the unity of the mind? Like, does that speak to some sort of shard that you can think of? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe the unity of the mind was the or mind in general. Or maybe these those followers were like the ones because in secret history they're in like that mind plane or whatever. So maybe yeah, they true. taught those people like how to how to enter that plane. I don't know. 
said, you know, something's going on with their ancient religions, obviously. So it also gives me these weird, like, Kingdom Hearts vibes. It's like these two students of this one master. They split off, and then they form their own, like, thing. One goes darkness, one goes light. Oh, yeah. So it's definitely interesting. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like these religions have to be based somewhere, and I feel like that's kind of important to maybe understanding what's happening in this world so or maybe not yeah. who knows but uh mm-hmm. i feel like it's information being given for a purpose for sure i feel like like in secret history if we're writing the people in the fortress were elantrians which i think we were pretty confident they are they they did seem to be really harping on about the shard devotion and i guess those three pillars could all be forms of devotion or, like, the first one could be, and then the other two were just sort of basically corruptions of hmm. the teachings. Uh, you know, I think we need to know more, but I think, I feel like that's probably how it's going to go down. So, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's a good that's a good point, Dak. I mean, love is a type of devotion. Uh, obedience. Obedience is a type of devotion. Yeah. I'm not sure how mind would fit into that, but maybe, like, you you're thinking about the thing that's devoting your mind to it your your thoughts yeah see now you just got me thinking i'm like think it devotion is such like a a kind of vague concept that you can anywhere you look you could see something you're like that could be devotion right yeah Yeah. when you're when you're saying that the first thing i thought was like the seans are like really devoted aren't they but really it's just like anything you bring up you're like yeah that's devoted yeah that's a good point i mean we could say that any behavior, if it's fervent enough, could be considered devotion. Like Serene is devoted to, like, to her womanhood and like being a strong woman. She's devoted to making a difference. Hraithen's devoted to his religion. Raiden's devoted to making like life better. So I guess that's a good point. It's like you could really say. If somebody's fervent about something, they could be devoted. Yeah. But still, I like that idea because when you think of like devotion overarching, I think love and obedience are two things that for sure fall like they're one of the first things that might come to mind. So. Yeah, I agree. I think that makes sense. Serene, Serene's basically like, yeah, you know, Shudreth, they suck. And and Shuden's like, well, I didn't say that. I mean, the soul of Shu Keseg is acceptance. There's room for all teachings. The Dorethi think they're right, or they're doing what is right, rather. But this one is dangerous. So Shuden went to one of his sermons and could immediately apparently spot what we found out in that last Hraithan chapter. It's like, this guy is not speaking from the heart. He preaches from the mind, and he's just looking for numbers. He doesn't care how faithful the followers are as long as they're signing up uh, to drink the Kool-Aid, basically. And then we also get a look at Warren who came up in the discussion earlier, shouldn't even be in this room. He's not important enough, but apparently he's using his association with the Gjorn as an invitation. He was famously pious as a follower of Shu Korath, but claims to have had a vision of Jadeth commanding him to convert. And Shuden says, I've always suspected that his piety was an an exhibition. His extreme devotion gained him notoriety. He's just an opportunist. So yeah, this guy definitely has something going on with Hraithen, causing this uh, sudden, mysterious vision and conversion to Shu Dareth. And Serene's just like, damn, I waited too long to start coming to these balls. He's got like a week's advantage on me. 
And then Royal shows up. And really, I just, I love Royal more than ever in this chapter. He's amazing. Yep. Lecherous old man, always a good character. Yep, exactly. <laughs> He's Master Roshi here. And uh, they start talking about, like, how helpful it is to have Serene here to keep the girls off of shooting. And Royal's like, man, I was hoping you wouldn't realize because maybe I could keep some of the some of the ladies off as well. It's, it's a tough life. And Serene's like, um, a little bit disbelieving that this old and not particularly attractive dude is just, like, reeling in ladies all over the place. And uh, she says, you? Women want to marry you? And then she remembered her manners and added my lord, which I don't think makes that more polite. I'm just saying. No, definitely not. It's like people like you. I mean, my lord. It's like, uh, yeah, that was still uh, mean. Thanks. Women want to marry that dude who looks like a burnt sandal? Your eminence. (laughs) People want to marry a walking corpse, sir? (laughs) But I like, he's not offended. He laughs at it. He's like, hey, don't don't worry. I, I get it. I'm old. Uh, I'm not much to look at. My wife's been dead 20 years, and I don't have a son, though. So all the unmarried girls seem to realize that my money's got to go somewhere when I die. So they're like, hey, if I can get this guy, I'll just have to indulge him for a few years and then bury him and find a lusty young lover to help spend the money. He's very you're good-natured about all this. He's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> like if, they, if, they, if they're going to be gold diggers, I'm going to make him dig. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he, Oh, my God. They think I'm too old to make them do their wifely duties. They are wrong. <laughs> uh, if, 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 if I were to let them steal my fortune, I'd at least make them work for it. Yeah. It great. I, I think this is the point in the show. We're making, we're, we're making jokes about this character, but this is the point in the show where we need Jamie to tell us, like, if this is okay. Uh, I, 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 can, I can fairly confidently say, like, she'll say, <laughs> yeah, because she knows this is all tongue-in-cheek. Sure. Sure. <laughs> okay, so we cut back. Serene just is like, I knew you were a dirty old man. He's like, yeah, self-professedly so. I admit it, so that makes it all okay. Um, well, also, this is all like just, it's not only tongue-in-cheek on our part, it's tongue-in-cheek on his part, I think. Yeah, because yeah. Because it's like none of this is stuff that's actually going to happen. <laughs> or maybe it will. Maybe we're in, like, next chapter. He's going to be like, so I found a girl who wants to marry me. <laughs> but, uh. Royal says, I hear that our dear Lord Tellery's sudden good fortune isn't a matter of pure luck. So something has happened. And Shuden's like, but Tellery hasn't declared allegiance to Shu Dareth. And Royal's like, well, not openly. But my sources say there's something going on here. There's rarely been a party like this in K. And the Duke is throwing it for no obvious reason. One begins to wonder just what he's advertising and why he wants us to know how wealthy he is. And that's when Eshin calls Serene over. And Serene starts to have second thoughts about uh, maybe I shouldn't have stopped wearing black and worn this low-cut dress if I knew I was going to be hanging out with the king and he looks kind of angry about it. But she's like, oh, hey, I was just explaining to my husband that idea that we had, you know, the one about exercising. And fucking Iodon is not helping himself at all here. He's just like, what's this nonsense? Women playing with sores? And she's like, well, you wouldn't want us to get fat, would you? No, of course not. You could just eat less. (sighs) (laughs) You know, just put the fork down. (laughs) And it's funny because Serene is apparent is apparently like a really tall, thin woman. So it, coming from her, this discussion is just even funnier. But I'm, it's like, dude, do you have to be an asshole at every moment? But Serene just keeps playing dumb, and she's he's like, there's got to be a better exercise. And she's like, but I've done this ever since I was a child. You certainly couldn't have anything against a foolish womanly pastime. Which calling it foolish may have been taking a bit too far because then he eyes her a little bit. Like, wait a second. 
before once again getting frustrated and it's like whatever do what you want i don't want you spoiling my evening and then a messenger shows up and starts whispering something in iodon's ear and the king is very unhappy and then the man moves to whisper again and iodon pushes him back he's like just say it i can't stand all the whispering he's a really weird <laughs> very rajesh howard moment here it's like okay stop whispering in my ear yeah no you're right that that is very reminiscent and the guy's like it happened just this week your majesty and so serene's like oh here i'm gonna hear some juicy goss and then Horathan, just from off in the corner uh not even seeming to be speaking in this direction but somehow making his words travel exactly where he needs them to go is like i would have thought the king wouldn't discuss such important matters where the dull-minded can hear such people tend to be so confused by events and the king notices serene standing there he's like Ugh. and has to like grab the guy and kind of take him over into a corner to finish this discussion and serene's all pissed off like can you he did that on purpose You're like yeah no shit he did it on purpose serene what do you what kind of statement is that it's like when yeah, you play damn, dumb please. sometimes people you know think you're dumb <laughs> and royal's like man this guy's good it's a masterful stroke when you can turn someone's guys to your advantage and shooting's just over here like i mean i've always found that you should just be honest like lying all the time it just causes issues and royal's like yeah true boring but true and serene's like yeah okay so playing dumb is annoying but i gotta stick with it with the king like what can i do at this point point?" and duke tellery comes over to meet serene and they, I guess, have a discussion, like the group of them. He kind of ignores her after her their first introduction. But um, we don't actually hear much of the discussion. It's just like, yeah, they have a talk. And then he leaves. He, he seems completely uninterested in Serene. And then she's like, okay, shooting, come on, we're going to mingle. Hraithan's got a week's lead, but I'm not going to let him get stay ahead of me. And then it cuts to Shudin had wanted to leave hours ago, but Serene had forced him to stay and talk to everyone. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. <laughs> Please stop. And it's funny because he's like the young nobleman in the group, too. He's like the young, handsome, hip guy. And he's just like, can I please leave? I'm, I'm so tired. tired. <laughs> this, is, this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> I'm glad uh, I'm glad I'm not taking you to the next one is all I'm saying. And he does. He's like, I'm glad Ahan is next in line. Your company was delightful, but I just can't keep up with you. Yeah. And that's when she heads back into the palace and the king's guards are scrambling around yelling. And uh, she's like, what's going on? Someone broke into the palace, snuck right through the king's bedchambers. So they did figure out where they came from and where they went, I guess. I don't know how necessarily, but also, I guess the king left a while ago because we know the king was asleep at the time that they snuck through his chamber. So she must have been at the party well after Iodon left. And that's the end of her chapter. They're like basically shuffle her off to her room so she can be safe. And then we move to Horathan's chapter. And there's one interesting little bit from the annotations that one of the rewritten things about the book was that there were sections and chapters where, like, Horathan... So basically, the first half of this chapter is Horathan walking around thinking, more or less. And originally, that was, like, the whole chapter was him doing an internal monologue, basically. And so the editor was like, we need to add some like stuff. There were apparently multiple chapters like that, where it was like, I need a Horathan chapter happening on this same day. I don't have any action for him to be doing. So he's going to be thinking about stuff and planning stuff. And the editor was like, OK, we need something here. He need there has to be some stuff. And so part of what he thought about to himself turns into the conversation with Tellery that he has in the second half of the chapter. And so you take some of his internal musings and port it over there, and you add the thing with Tellery to make uh, 
his storyline have a little more pop to it. Because apparently, originally, Tellery was not even as big a character as he has been so far in this book. And uh, maybe I'll let you guys read it when we get to the end, because I think it will be in the books that you have. But there's, like, deleted scenes from a different character that was going to be, like, a secondary antagonist that eventually got cut. Rowden had, like, a brother or half-brother or something who was completely insane, like Caligula levels of insane. Oh, good. And uh, he was going to be like, he was going to show up and be this guy Harithan was plotting with. But he's he's he was the kind of guy that like, you know, Harithan meets with him once and like they make a deal. And then the next time Harithan comes back, this guy's just decided that, no, the deal is something completely different than what they previously agreed on. And uh, <laughs> weird. Also, uh, you know, I, I randomly execute all these people or just like the weirdest, like yeah. I- insane stuff. And so that guy's character got cut entirely. <laughs> I am so altering the deal. That... Pray I do not alter yeah, anything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He took that guy and he's like, uh, I guess Ellen can have a crazy brother. Zane, here we go. That's true. I guess maybe that is like Ellen does end up with a crazy half brothers. Maybe he ported that idea over. Hmm. <laughs> Refitted for sequel. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Hraithan's walking around at night. And like uh, like Joe said, it seems that he comes out and like just climbs up and stares at Elantris. He's up here like, dream on Elantris. <laughs> yes, sleep, Elantris. Sleep. <laughs> Soon you will be mine. I want you lock, stock, and barrel. Is this some sort of gay thing? No. Are, Are you, you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've done that quote so many times on the show. Oh, I mean, saying. it's a great quote. Also, I feel like like Hraith is looking out over the city, but he's not the one saying all that. He looks down and Dilaf is the one there saying that. <laughs> and then Hraith is the one just yeah. like, is that a gay is that a gay thing? That yeah, I totally yeah. buy that actually. Yep. Dilaf's like, sleep Elantris, soon I will destroy you. And uh and Hraith is just like, What's wrong with your voice? <laughs> <laughs> when when did that happen? Also, also, why are you even here? Yeah, seriously, nobody invited you. <laughs> Yeah, while he's up here, like, like, uh, yeah, Salantris, I'm, uh, tomorrow the sun will rise and all will be revealed once again. And then a guard's just walking by. He's like, um, t- did you say something? And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I like how he, he was straight up honest about it, too. He's just like, no, I was whispering to myself. <laughs> yeah, he does. He says that. <laughs> and the guard just like, the guard just nods and keeps going like, okay, like, that's oh, a normal yeah. thing. Yeah, people right. whisper to themselves all the time. You do you, buddy. <laughs> all right, peace out, Yorn. Yeah, it says, just nuts, I tell you. He walks up here every night and stares out at Elantris, but tonight there's uh, something else going on. And he thinks about how, uh, you know, he's getting everyone to unite behind hating Elantrians, and he feels kind of bad about it, because the Elantrians that he's seen are not devils. They're just, like, they're already afflicted with, like, this terrible disease, and really they probably deserve pity, but I need somebody to be my devil, so they're going to be the ones. Yeah. It's like, sorry, you're the scapegoat. I know your life's shitty already, but oh well. And he's like, really? This is the most harmless way to do it. If I turn the people against their government, like happened in Dooladel, then uh, there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. This way, you know, a few already, a few people whose lives suck already, their lives will suck a little more. Uh, most people uh, will not suffer. And he feels bad. It says the destruction that he'd caused in Dooladel ground against his soul like a millstone. People yeah. who had trusted him were dead. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, this guy's not a terrible dude. It's just, like, he's doing what he has to do, and unfortunately, like, things didn't go the the way they could have, and stuff got out of hand. 
Well, and yeah, and he's just like, you know, but it's better that like this burden is on my conscience than an entire nation continues in heresy. So I saved them. And what it cost is that I have to feel this guilt forever. So it's worth it. Also, all those lives. But, you know, whatever. But yes, yeah, so he's planning. He's like, this is the strategy here. Elantrians are scapegoats. Without much effort, I'll be able to overturn this monarchy because it already sucks. And the people are so oppressed that I'll be able to do this quickly before they even find out about the King's fall. Everything will be done. No messy revolutions, nothing like that. And he's walking along. It says the wall walk was kept clear, clean by the guards. But if you strayed too far, then you get the dark oily grime that he was not certain what caused it. I don't think that we've gotten any indication actually of what causes it, but even the Elantrians don't know. It's just everywhere. Yeah. Nobody knows. It's 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 not their it's not their waste up here on top of the wall. So that theory is out. Yeah, it's not excrement. It's not uh, you know it's not sexual fluid from dino erotica. It's uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Dak, you're with me now. The more you oh. mention that, the more people in this court are like, ah, Joe's not gonna let it die, and neither will we. One of these Please days, we're going to make him read this stuff. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that I don't read the Discord then, isn't it? <laughs> People, for God's sake, it's about dinosaurs. Let it die like them. Oh, oh my gosh. I saw an article the other day about a guy killed by a dinosaur. Like, uh, what? This, guy, this guy was missing, and they found his dead yeah. body inside a dinosaur statue. And they were like, it looks like he dropped his phone inside and then crawled in to try to get it and oh, got stuck no. and died. Oh, Oh, God. One of the comments is like, first person killed by a dinosaur in 64 million years. Jeez. This planet uh, has gone 64 million years without a death by dinosaur. (laughs) That is a way to go, man. That's that's terrifying. Imagine just being trapped. Yeah, don't climb in inside of things. Just let it go. Let the phone go. Buy a new phone. It's not that it big. It nearly happened um, on in the first Jurassic Park, like with the T Rex animatronics. Like one of the guys operating it was in there, and it turned on, and he nearly got crushed or something. So, or, you know, he could have had eaten by a robot T Rex on his on his gravestone. I mean, if you're gonna go that way, you got to put it on your gravestone, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I don't That's necessarily. Chaos theory. <laughs> I don't necessarily want a grave, but, uh, you know, if I died that way, then I, I feel like I would want that on my grave. I, 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 I want to be cremated, and then you put me on the on the mantle inside, like, a ghost trap from Ghostbusters. Yeah, wow. You and me are similar. I also want to be cremated. <laughs> when I was younger, I always wanted my remains set on fire and, and launched into space. Nice. F- fires don't burn don't, well in space. I probably don't have the money for that. No, probably not. You got to get pretty rich before you get to go to space. It's like, I'm not even going while I'm alive. Just like, load me into a giant catapult or something. <laughs> it's like, as far as I know, I'll be in space. It's fine. I could probably hit lower orbit. Giant catapult's probably also expensive, though. Let's be fair. You got to build that. Yeah, true. <laughs> but so, yes, he's he's walking along the wall and he comes up on Duke Tellery with like a, a group of guards all like cl- dressed in cloaks and stuff. Uh, and he's like, oh, I guess they want to be like, you know, nondescript. So no one knows <laughs> maybe that would have worked Jeez. better if he hadn't, hadn't worn like this rich lavender cloak with silver embroidery. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, this guy's a drama queen for sure. It's like, oh, geez, look at the bling rates over here. Yeah, the bling. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, he's just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what his butler's name is, like 
Jeffrey or something like Jeffrey, prepare my incognito cloak. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you rather have the tattered one that looks like a peasant? No, my incognito cloak with the silver embroidery. (laughs) Sir, you're going to stand out. Of course I will. Uh, I don't think you realize what incognito means. No, I don't yeah. even know the meaning of the word. <laughs> that's what I that's what I just said, sir. You're fired, Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey was the butler on the on Fresh Prince. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or maybe I drew it out of the recess of my mind for this occasion. Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not a, a name from this country, that's for sure. If his name would have to be like Teofrey or something to be an Aralon name. Yeah, it's it's uh, J. Off Farrar. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the guards kind of back up to allow them some privacy. And Telegram's like, what, you're not going to ask why I want to meet? And Harithan's like, well, you're obviously having second thoughts about our plan. It's like, oh, so yeah, I mean, that if you realize that, then you're probably having second thoughts too. And he's like, no, just you're wanting to meet in this way shows that you're nervous about stuff. I'm, I, you know, I put two and two together, asshole. Hurry up. And he's sitting here like, why is this guy suddenly so worried about this? I'm not really, I mean, he'd been really eager to get into this bargain before. So something happened at that party. What, what's, what's going on? And uh, Tari's like, I don't know that I want to work with Fjordan. It's like, why? Well, I heard some stuff at the party tonight, Gjorn. Are you really the one responsible for the, or, or were you really the one assigned to Dooladel before its collapse? It's like, well, I, I was there. He's like, so you're not, you're wondering why a nobleman would be uncomfortable by the fact that you were part of this. They slaughtered their entire noble class during that revolution. And my sources say that you had a lot to do with that. And Hraithan just could have just gone for the easy method here and just gone. And that is exactly why you shouldn't back out of a deal with me. Yeah. But he, he, he takes a round of more roundabout way. He's like, so yeah, where'd you get these soldiers that you use? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And how good are they? And he's like, well, I don't know. I've never really seen them fight. They're good enough, I guess. He's like, yeah, that's because they never have fought. No soldiers in Erlon have ever fought. So, I, you know, I want you to think about all the soldiers. If all the soldiers in Erlon were in one place, you might have like 1,500 soldiers. Do you know how uh, do you know how many soldiers Viking Pope could put together like on short notice? <laughs> like how you said Viking Pope. <laughs> Hey, Dak calls him Viking Pope. I'm just, I'm going. I went for it. He's the regent of all creation. And Tellery's like, no, he doesn't have an army. Fjord, Fjordan only has a basic defense force. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not talking about Viking Pope, like King of Fjordan or whatever. I'm talking about Viking Pope, leader of Shu Dareth, the religion followed by like every other country on the continent. How many soldiers do you think there are in all of those other countries put together who've sworn themselves? To Shu Dareth and to uh, and, and to Viking Pope to warn whatever. And Tauri's like, oh, now he gets it. Now he, what Iodon also does. I, I, the whole noble class here doesn't seem to understand just how dangerous the Durethi are. Iodon said the same thing. He's like, oh, you people haven't, your country hasn't been important for years. It's like, not smart. And in the back of his mind, Raithan's like, really? I mean, he wouldn't even need an army. A few outside of the priest, the priesthood understand like the other more powerful force that he has, the monasteries. For centuries, the Dorethi priesthood had been training its monks in war, assassination, and other arts. 
That's that's the book I want to read right now. After you said this <laughs> bit, I was like, why are we here? Why are we not following a monk in an assassin monastery? That would be way cooler. <laughs> that is a cool story. Yeah. So basically, Liu Kang and Kung Lao. Maybe. I mean, they're not assassins, really. I guess. I imagine that the training of assassin monks is not uh, as nice as... Uh, well, Mortal Kombat training is not nice either, I well, guess. Uh, no. Lord Raiden's well, like, let me shoot some lightning bolts up your ass. That's your training. <laughs> and then you don't get any egg rolls. <laughs> Pass me the egg rolls. Uh, Pass me a fucking egg roll! So apparently... He was, uh, he was good, but that movie was atrocious. It was a ridiculous movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's some I fun know. stuff. Dumb but fun. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Kano, that's that's yeah. Kano saved it. Kano really. Yeah. yeah. He 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 helps every scene. Like, I, I, I like I can the quite deep articulate. cut. Oh, I was just gonna say I like the deep cut characters too. Like you know they weren't just going for the big names. And uh, yeah. And Reptile was pretty awesome. But other than that, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't think I can really articulate just how relieving it is to see like a major. Aussie character played by a blatantly Aussie actor mm. uh, and allowed to throw in as many Aussie mannerisms as as possible. Like the bit <laughs> after he uh, after he wins his first fight and just goes, you fucking beauty. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> Finally, some real Australianisms. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm, I, I, I'm not as familiar with all these Australianisms, so I didn't get, yeah, I, 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 I don't get the totally same. Fair. It's, a, yeah. it's a, it's a disparate thing. Hmm. Now I'm curious, man. Find some more Aussie things. I was just I saw a commercial today for her uh and it's not Aussie, it's uh it's I get probably New Zealand, but what's her name? Xena is starring in some new TV show as like an ex police officer who becomes a private investigator. And all the characters I was, like like she seems to have her natural accent in the show, and so do all the other characters. So I was like, Does this show take place in New Zealand? Or like what is going on here? No, I actually I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna look for this to see I if I can do uh I do love Lucy Lawless. Uh, deep deep cutters of the show will remember I've mentioned her many times. <laughs> oh, apparently this started in 2019, so I guess it's been on for a while. It's called My Life is Murder, or My Life is Murders. We started watching the new show on uh, Hulu called like Only Murders in the Building. It's kind of interesting. I'm not a huge Steve Martin or uh, Martin Short fan, but they're not bad. Okay, let me see. I, want to, I just want to find out where this TV show is set because it really seemed like it must be set. Uh... I want the chipper chicken. <laughs> it's a great movie. Can't believe uh, you're not a Steve Martin fan. I'm really not. The first season is set in Australia, and then they go to New Zealand for the second season. <sighs> mm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. There you go. So yeah, I might have to check out that show too now. Just because that's not something you see a whole lot of. I, I've never seen a show set in New Zealand. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, um, Middle Earth is New Zealand. Let's, let's be real. Uh, look up Taika Waititi's other films. Like, Hunt for the Wilder People is an excellent movie. It's very funny, and that's just, like, set in rural New Zealand. Uh, oh, yeah. I tried, to, I tried to convince my wife to watch that, and we watched the trailer for it, and she was just kind of like, eh. And I, I also have been wanting to watch, uh, what's the the vampire? What We, what do, we in do in the Shadows. shadows. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that one, but everyone I know who, who has says it's great, and apparently a TV show based on it is also great. That's what I've been hearing. And once again, she was just like, I don't know that I want to watch that. So I got to find a time that like I'm on my own to watch some of these things that she's not interested in. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to. I never watched all the way through Venture Brothers, but since I know there's not going to be any more, I've been doing that. But my wife 
doesn't like it, so I have to find time to watch it by myself. Yeah, my wife hates that show. Oh, really? She doesn't like it either? Bummer. She, she, and I, she never even seen like a whole episode, just bits and pieces of me watching it, and she's just like, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with the Venture Brothers? They're amazing. Uh, they're doing a direct-to-video film for it, though. Oh, good. Maybe that'll wrap us up a little bit. Mm. Or maybe it'll revitalize it like it did Futurama. And then when it comes back, it won't be terrible like well, Futurama appara- was. Apparently, there was the, the, it got canceled because of some uh, some political stuff within... Oh, wow. Because H- Well, yeah, because HBO, like... There's a whole thing with, like, st- HBO taking over and... Mm. Uh, yeah, I see all the Cartoon Network stuff got on there now. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're 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 definitely because that's where I'm watching it. So HBO definitely is uh, pimping it out. Well, yeah, they just added it recently, like uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and they made a big I thing about it to, at the time. I had to watch it on Hulu before because it wasn't on HBO Max, and but then they added it. Uh, okay, sorry. Let's see. Yeah, basically, basically, it wasn't like an Adult Swim decision or uh, like uh, or a Doc and Jackson decision. It was like above them, and so Adult Swim was stating right after the cancellation was announced, like, "Yeah, we would really love to do more Adventure Brothers." But yeah. Anyway, sorry, got got way off track with those. Um, we get an interesting little note that uh, just thinking about the monks trained inside the Decor Monastery, gaining access to Defenseless Aralon. And Hraithan looks down at his arm, where beneath the plate, he bears the marks of his time there. So it sounds like he spent some time in uh, one of the monasteries, and it left some permanent uh, marks on him. Doesn't sound fun. And so he's telling Telri, like, look, I'm here because Viking Pope is giving you guys a last chance to voluntarily convert so that he doesn't have to crush you completely. And And the first step to conversion is making sure the government is favorable to our cause... And that's going to require a change in leadership. So dot, dot, dot. And Tellery's like, so I have your word. And Wraith's like, yes, okay, you will have the throne. All right. And Tellery's like, you know, there's going to be people who oppose you, such as Serene. Her supposed idiocy is obviously an act. He's like, yeah, don't worry about the girl. Just take the money we've provided and wait. Your opportunity will come soon. You heard of the news the king received tonight. Things are moving along as promised. Now we just have to be patient. So something... Whatever news the king got, it sounds like it was it's part of their deal, whatever has been promised here. And then as Tellery's about to leave, he's like, hey, so do your, your soldiers, they still have friends in the city guard. Maybe you should uh, double your men's pay and speak well of the city guard to them and give them time off to spend with their old buddies. It might be beneficial to your future to have it known amongst the Elantrian guards that you're a guy who rewards allegiance. So he's like, you know, if this is the main body of soldiers in town, maybe you want them to like you and think that working for you would be a good thing. And Tori's like, uh, OK, but you're going to provide the extra funds to double my men's pay, right? And Raiden's like, oh, Jesus fucking guy. Yeah, fine. <laughs> he's like, I like to spend money, but I don't like to uh, spend my own money. No, <laughs> obviously not. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. I totally was watching that movie with the older kids the other day. They'd never seen it. And we got to that, we got to that scene and it's just amazing. Ah, uh, brilliant. Oh man. Um, and then we go back to Horathan's kind of internal monologue where he's like, it disturbs him that Tellery had mentioned Serene. For some reason, she seems to have decided to oppose me for no overt reason. And really she doesn't understand that I'm her greatest ally because her people are going to convert one way or the other. And <laughs> I'm the nice way. He's like, uh, and this is the point where we're just like, uh, what? <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just like his thing. It's like, why does she want to oppose me so badly? Doesn't she understand that I'm the good guy here? It's like, 
there's a carrot and a stick and I am the carrot, clearly. And he's like, I'm not gonna be able to convince her. She's gonna assume anything I say is a lie. But and then he thinks about how like Shu Korath is just really on its way out. It's so weak. It lacks the virility and power of Shu Dareth. And that's when, as he's walking away or down the steps, he hears the doors close. He's like, what was that? And the guard's like, mm, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess uh, they, they must have been trying to escape and somebody caught them. And he's like, does that happen a lot? And the guard's like, oh, no, most of them are too mindless to try to escape. Every once in a while, one tries to scurry away, but we catch him. And he meets up with the captain, who uh, is now Zap Bran again in my mind. He's like, oh, it's you, Gjorn. Oh, no I, bravely, <laughs> I bravely captured the fleeing ones who, when they came up to surrender to us. <laughs> Yes, I'm the best, right, man? You suck. You suck. Yeah. Oh, jeez. But Raiden's like, so, you know, next time you find one trying to escape, he starts pulling out some gold wernings, as they're called. So Wern named the coins after himself. Sure. Even the Lord Ruler didn't do that. Like, come on, dude. Of course, what would you call them? Like, Lord Ruler, right? Lord, I can't even think of a good word. Lord Rulerings. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, well, he's no, like, one, no one knew his name, so that's true. Yeah, exactly. He he couldn't very well call them uh, Rashies. Yeah, Rashies. Shekies, Shekels. He called them Shekels, and it's just like a very oblique reference to his name. But yes, he's like, so you know, the next time one of these guys escapes, maybe you bring him by my church. I've been wanting to study one for you know theological reasons. I can make it worth your while. And the captain's like, uh huh. You know, I think we can probably arrange that. Kiff, go find me an Elantrian. (laughs) (sighs) So yeah, two more, uh, two more chapters down. We are, what are we now? We are, stop it, 34% of the way through the book. So what do we have as far as predicaments? I don't know that anything like ground shattering happened in this one to uh, change what anyone was already predicting, but what are you thinking? Yeah, so I think, uh, like I kind of mentioned before, the the religions, I think those are going to be pretty important where they came from, what they what they are for sure. That's I, I really think that's going to have some kind of part to play, maybe in the ultimate end of of this uh, this book. For Sereni, I think the fencing thing's gonna gonna go well, and kind of she she's gonna have a lot of women behind her. I don't see that blowing up in her face, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. But I think I think it's going to be a positive thing for sure. And uh, so that'll be fun to see. I uh, I don't know what's going to happen between her and the Gjorn. I'm not sure what direction that's heading in, because you almost like I said, the Gjorn is just very intriguing. You want to see what his plan is and how it's actually going to come to fruition, even though, you know, it's probably not a good thing. Uh <laughs> So it's like it's very just like, well, I don't want Serini to stop him. I kind of want to see what's going to happen. But, yeah, I think uh, I think that's kind of where we're headed on that. And then the Yorn, like I said, his plans are still kind of in the shadows for right now. But obviously he's he's made a kind of a deal with Tellery here. So we'll see how that plays out. And then um, I know we didn't talk about Raiden this chapter, but my prediction still kind of stands for that. I think the magic's going to going to end up being important as well. So uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Given given Brandon's thing is kind of magic that you got to figure it's going to come in. Uh, maybe given what we saw in Mistborn, maybe multiple magic systems will pop up somehow. But yeah, it's uh, it's got to be relevant, right? It can't just not be. Yeah, it'd be quite a setup if it like <laughs> it's just talked about and hinted at 
and then never comes to fruition. It'd be kind of, it'd be quite a surprise. Yeah, Rowden spends the entire book drawing symbols in the air and nothing ever happens. <laughs> Just at the end, he's like, okay, fine, I give up. <laughs> Great. I'm with all this magic graffiti that does nothing. No, I don't really have a lot for this one. Um, just I do feel like we're slowly building up to Rowden and Serene are probably going to come into contact because I don't I, I, I don't know who's going to get to Rowden first, but I feel like, oh, they're going to catch an Elantry and give him to Prathen. Well, that'll probably be Rowden. But then Serene is also, you know, she's getting closer to no one knows where Rowden, no one knows where Rowden is. So she and she reckons that he's not in the grave, so she's got to she's got to come close to finding him somehow. So I think the race is on between who which of them is going to find him first without realizing they found him. So yeah, one of them is going to. I just don't know which one's going to get there first. I don't really have a lot else. I I'm just I'm looking forward to um you know long term prediction. I do think um Serene's going to teach the women of the court defense, and then they're going to be like some of the best sword fighters in the book, and they'll be instrumental to getting to fighting off. Dillaf's inevitable uprising or whatever the hell's going to go on. But, Sudden yeah, inevitable betrayal. Yeah. 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 Basically. But yeah, that's really that's really all I've got. I do I do like this idea that the the women are going to be the last line of defense when uh, uh, the the whole country starts to fall and it's like no we've been trained by Serene and they just all pop out and start slaughtering. All of a sudden, like Rowden's got his own Dora Milaje. Ooh, that would be cool actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of that. All of a sudden. <laughs> They're, they all have to shave their heads, though. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to. It doesn't have to be identical. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want... I, I want this monk assassin fjordal book. <laughs> How do you know it's not this book? Maybe that's, that's you know... That's Fre- the direction we're heading in. Serene goes and joins the fjordal monastery. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Perathen's going to get sent to a monastery and trained to be an assassin just right in the middle of the book for some reason. <laughs> well, I mean, we know that... Whatever the hell happened to that monastery still scares the hell out of Hraithen. So, like, that's... Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I feel like that points to, like, something's got to come of that because this guy doesn't scare easy, but he is terrified of whatever the hell happened there. So that's got to come into play. That's got to be, like... Yeah, Viking maybe Pope's he runs out of hole. time. Yeah, maybe he runs out of time and they send the assassins. <laughs> the whole assassin's guild just shows up. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you've run out. It's like, oh, you're sending the armies? No, I'm sending the monk. Oh, God! <laughs> Can I leave first? And it's just, it's just like this one, this one dude, like this one monk, <laughs> yeah. and it's like the he's going to take down the on whole his way city directly. You sent in a monk? Oh, you should have said that from the first. That's all you had to say. I was, I was thinking more like Return of the Jedi. It's like the monk is coming here. That is correct, Raithen, and he is most displeased <laughs> by your apparent lack of progress. Oh no, that's not, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking about uh, like casting the the characters in the book as like Star Wars characters now, and it turned into a whole thing in my brain. Um, <laughs> yeah, who who is Raithen in in Star Wars? Uh, is he Darth Vader? I'd say or he's actually he... probably probably Vader. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of fits. I, I guess the yeah. next Viking Pope has to be Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know the part where he was they were Plus, talking about his yeah, armor awesome. at the at the party I was like this sounds like sand battle armor he's got shoulder pads that like <laughs> go out a foot on each side Oh yeah a foot on each side yeah I was like that sounds like sand battle armor with a cape basically he's king vegeta Well it's plate <laughs> no, armor I think he, he probably has like stuff on his arms too Yeah he's, he's vegeta and Dilaf is his napa It's like well yeah yeah he's <laughs> king Raithen, vegeta Raithen, Raithen, well, no, Raithen, Raithen, Raithen. He's King Vegeta because he's got the cape, but 
Mm. You know, freezes Wern or whatever. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, so so maybe Diloff. If if you guys are suspecting that Diloff is gonna be like the 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 bad guy at some point, so if if he's freezes, does that mean Diloff is more like uh, Zarbon or? Sure, or Dodoria could, could be either one. Or Gin, uh, or really Captain what, Ginyu. Captain really Ginyu get directly under King Vegeta that way, but yeah. Well, you know what? It could be like that. Would be sweet if Diloff like walked into Elantris and was just like, "Change now!" <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think that's gonna happen though. No, uh, no, I don't think that's. Yeah. No, that'd be great. Oh, it's, instead of, instead of like a body form. changing beam, he starts spitting Saiyans at people. Okay, I'm 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 with it. Are they are they just normal seans or does he have like an evil seon? I don't know. I was just trying to picture well, yeah. what's a golden thing that can come flying out of his mouth. Oh, seans. Mm. Yeah. Well, or or he could plant them in the ground like uh, Cybermen. <laughs> Cultivars, as they're called. I call that one Rathen Junior. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Rathen Junior, no. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But then, then I guess you need a cell to show up later. That's like second book, though. Yeah, he starts absorbing is, people. Is there a sequel book to Atlantis, or is it standalone? No, there, there is not a sequel book. It is standalone for now. He said that at some point later he might like come back and write another book or two, but it wouldn't be like a direct continuation of the story. Originally, when he released this book, I think he said that it would be, and he's changed his mind since then. And said different things. But when he originally released his book, I think he said he was thinking about doing a sequel and it would be like 10 years later. And Keen's kids, like the the two twin, not twins, would be like the main characters of that book. So I guess they're going to survive. Well, but yeah, like, like I said, he's he's, uh, <laughs> he's he's changed things since then. OK, no, the, the all the children get slaughtered horribly. Yeah, I was gonna say, Dak, is that what you wanted? Like the kids die? <laughs> no, but I was like, I'm not. I, it's just a case of I don't want to rule anything out. Yeah, yeah it's fair. Um, but yeah, so he he's, he he may do more on this one. It just will not be the same focus characters. Basically, he's also yeah. said, like I remember when he talked about that in whatever interview that was, like twenty ten years ago, whatever. It was like. I can't just have two characters, though, because then it wouldn't be like chapter triads. So if I want to keep doing the chapter triads, we'd have to have a third like main character. So who knows? Who knows what crazy stuff could happen? I kind of just assumed he wouldn't do chapter triads again. But maybe, you know, that's the way things are in Elantris. Well, I mean, if it's the sequel, maybe you need to add one more and have chapter quads. Or... Uh, yeah, it's true. But th- if you establish that, then the further you move, the more the harder it gets. You're like, I have to have five characters now and they all have to be. They each have to have something happen at the same time. It would be getting yeah, made his, Then he just he made his bed. George R. R. Martin. He made his bed. Oh, gosh. Okay, we have one new review. So let me hit that. No new emails this week. This review from the United States says, Amazing. I've been reading Sanderson for years, but when I started a job with a lot of free time to listen to things, trucking in parentheses, I determined that just audiobooks wasn't going to cut it. Somebody on Reddit on the Dresden Files subreddit mentioned you guys, and I decided to give you a try. Glad I did. It's been a fun few weeks, and I plan on listening along with the audiobook once I get to Elantris. Keep up the good work. And that is from Raygor13. Oh, Raygor. What a sweet review, man. That review was precise. Uh, A lot of precision there. 
lot of time on your hands as a truck driver. Uh, you, sir, uh, since we don't have, uh, you know, anything Elantris related as of yet, you are a coin shot. Welcome to the Mist and Crew, sir. Nice. Coin shot. I like it. That might have been me in the Dresden Files subreddit, for all I know. But I was a good uh, ass. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I don't know who else to be recommending us in the Dresden Files subreddit, but if someone is, thanks. I, mean, I don't remember specifically. Yeah. We we have talked repeatedly on that to the point that some of the people in the Discord are like, you know what, I'm going to start reading the Dresden Files, and then I get to talk oh, to them sweet. about that on the Discord. So. I mean, I, yeah. sh- I should also point out that it's like it's largely due to data that I started reading them years and years ago, so... It's true. I was I was trying to convince everybody for the longest time, like you should read the Justin Files, like all of our all of our friends. I'm like, hey, everybody should do this to the point that I like when I went to see Poet in Denver, I brought like a, a flash drive with the first three books on audiobook. Like here, now you have no excuse. You can listen to these books, which he didn't he? do. Well, now he's read some of, of them. He I remember, he's, yeah, he's, he's read some of them now. He's, I know he's definitely talked about he really loved Summer Night, but I don't know how far he actually got I think it was after Billy decided to read them that Poet was like, yeah. okay, maybe I'll give them a try. Yeah, okay. Summer Nights, uh, Summer Nights, one of my faves too. I also really like Death Masks and uh, Death Masks Dead, is great. Yeah. Uh, Deadbeat. Uh, proven guilty. I'm not a big fan of. I like Blood Rights. <laughs> oh, Blood Rights. That's that's the one that a lot of people have some issues with. Also. Uh, really? I think uh, it's the, depic- great. the depiction of women in the uh, the book that's about uh, a oh. porn video shooting. Yeah. Well. Uh, what can you do? <laughs> but it's it's got a great thing with a frozen turkey and stuff. So, you know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you for the review. If anyone else wants to get jumped into the Misting Crew, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You may have to point, like, send me an email and point out your review if you leave it elsewhere because the tracker that I use doesn't track everything everywhere. But, uh, you know, I will gladly accept reviews wherever you uh, want to leave them. And I just I want to do a quick plug and and also a thank you uh, to any listeners that have been going to my YouTube channel. Um, the YouTube channel, if if you're unfamiliar with it, I've changed the name. It's now called A Four Reads. So that's A and then space F O U R space Reads. Um, I've been seeing a lot of traffic on my channel, and it's uh, I've I've like grown in subscribers quite a bit recently and so i would assume some of that is due to uh to the listeners of this show and so i want to say thank you for your support if you guys have i mean i know i'm right in the middle of a book right now but if you have ideas for other books you would like me to read as long as i can do it i i've kind of looked up fair use stuff and as long as it's for like educational type purposes i don't think that it's a big issue so as long as i do a disclaimer at the beginning um i'll keep going as long as i won't be stopped but uh, but yeah, thanks uh, to anyone who's who's been supporting that. It's uh, pretty cool. What are you reading right now? I'm still reading Midnight Sun. Which I mean, you were just talking about it to the the audience, and I was like, maybe they don't remember what you're reading. So. Oh yeah, my bad. Yeah, Midnight Sun is still what I'm reading. I I haven't moved on from that book because I wasn't sure how much people were getting out of it. But then when I've seen the increased traffic, I've increased the um, increase the amount of things that I've been releasing. I'm doing it a chapter at a time. So, cause that takes like each chapter takes about an hour to read aloud. So I like when I search on YouTube for a four reads, uh, yours was not like the first thing that came up. It's like Miss Rogers oh, yeah. reads Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not surprising. Not surprising. For a second, I thought that you had switched to Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And then I saw the Miss Rogers thing and was like, Oh, okay. No, that's, yeah. uh, that's somebody else. Good to know. Yeah. Goblet of Fire. Good book. Good book. Yes. Agreed. 
If you would like to send us emails, the email address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Instagram. I'm going to work on uploading book uh, or the third Mistborn book to YouTube in the near future. That is my plan. So uh, if you're a YouTube person, you'll be able to listen to stuff that we did months and months ago when I get it up on YouTube. But uh, yeah. So for next time, we are reading two more chapters. So that will be 16 and 17. And they're both kind of lengthy chapters this time. The second one is still the longer of the two, but they're both uh, a good length. So lots of lots of meaty things have uh, going on with the next two chapters. So meat. Read those for next time and uh, come back. We will discuss them. Music by Miracle of Sound and wasing to the time of next, everyone. Colo? Get up, get out of here.